Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Classic Podcast Admitted series. On Admitted, we invite Townsend seniors to read the essays that got them into their dream schools. We're doing things a little bit differently. We have uh, us three Harvard people. Uh, we're going to be, uh, it's more going to be more conversational and, um, than how we usually do things here. Uh, so if you guys want to introduce yourselves. Hi, uh, my name is Julia Macheak. Uh, I'm a senior at Townsend Harris. I'm one of the editors-in-chief on The Classic. Hi, I'm Zuzana Kowalski. I'm the multimedia editor for The Classic. Um, fun fact, I have a lot of cat memes. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jasmine. I'm one of your hosts, also an EIC here at The Classic, and Jana's not here with us today, um, but we miss you, Jana. But, uh, <laughs> I love you, Jana. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have her back on another episode. Um, so if you guys want to talk about your intended major or what you hope to pursue. Yeah, um, Yeah. so I applied uh, with a biological sciences major, um, hopefully going to concentrate in a life sciences, maybe um, psychology, something like that, because I am hoping to go on the pre-med track to eventually go to med school um, and become a physician, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, same for me. I applied as a biological sciences major, um, but I'm willing to explore anything. I don't really know. Nothing is like definite in my future. Also pre-med track, but you know, wherever life takes me. <laughs> I'm doing astrophysics. I applied astrophysics and I'm probably going to dual major with physics as well because if I want to go to grad school, I have to <laughs> double major with another uh, science concentration. So I will be in school for a very, very long time. Oh, exactly. All three of us. All three of us will be in school for a very, very long time. Yeah. So, okay. First, we're going to start off with Susanna. She's going to read her supplements. We're not. Um, take it away. Okay. So, um, my prompt was a letter to a future roommate, but. Um, I kind of like restructured it as if I was already living with my roommate. Um, so it's more of like a, a note that I leave on the desk or like wherever they're sleeping. Uh, so let's start. Uh, Bona mornum compañera. I hope you slept well. Sorry for the mix of Spanish and fake Latin. You'll hear me saying random words a lot since I love languages. As you can see, there are random pages of translations on the floor of our room. But don't be alarmed. Those are just from the Aeneid, which I'm attempting to read through. Have I ever told you how satisfying it is to complete a translation? I can only compare it to finishing a tedious puzzle, where sometimes you're missing one tiny piece until you find it and realize it has been in front of you all along. You might be confused as to why I'm translating a dead language when most of my coursework involves biological sciences, but Latin provides an academic challenge that makes me step outside of my comfort zone. So please, don't throw out my papers on the floor because I need them for my discussion tomorrow at the Classics Club Friday dinner. I promise to clean everything up once I return from my conference with Dr. Siegel about the final seminar on cell, molecular, and developmental biology. Also, whilst you're sleeping, I went out and grabbed some breakfast at Annenberg. I brought you back a blueberry muffin, my favorite type of muffin, since I know you're up at 2 a.m. studying at the Cabot Library. It was quite chilly when I stepped outside, so I recommend grabbing a coat if you're heading to the Science Center. I won't be at our dorm for most of the day, so good luck on your final today. I think I might head into the con lab to run some final trials on the new antibiotic I made with the postdoctoral fellows that are still on campus. Text me after your final is done so that we could possibly grab dinner together once I finish up in the lab. While we are eating, I could tell you more about the lab and how it correlates with my past work at NYU, creating protein mutations with macromolecular software packages for the production of hydrogels. I know that it doesn't sound that cool, but I assure you that this was one of the best experiences of my life having the opportunity to immerse myself within a collaborative community of passionate students and professors lets me constantly learn, left me constantly learning, which I continue to do with Professor Khan and my fellow peers. Before I forget, there's a Columbian Students Association Club meeting later on tonight. 
so if you won't be if you'd be interested in coming with me just let me know the social event they're hosting will be fun and inclusive promoting colombian culture diversity and history maybe we could host a school-wide phone banking event and support the kids in need of defense nonprofit organization just like i did with my club in high school la gerencia hispana Either way, I don't want to make this note too long since I know that you need to get to studying, but text me if you need anything. Best Z, the nickname my high school Latin teacher gave me. Amazing job. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I really liked how you incorporated a lot of fun elements just as much as you uh, discussed like academics because I feel like with supplement writing especially, you never know how to strike the right balance yeah. because you want to make sure that you're being true to yourself and talking about that but at the same time you know you want to kind of show off a little bit too <laughs> yeah and um, i think you did that really really well um so julia do you have any questions um well i just wanted like to first say like it was a beautiful supplement i like the way you like so seamlessly wove the parts about harvard like yeah. the 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 lecture with the professor or like even like annenberg like it was so seamless it seemed like honestly like a perfect even like a why us <laughs> supplement because you know, you never want to just, like, drop it, like, name drop. Yeah. You did it so seamlessly as if it was just, like, you know, you were actually talking to this person. Um, so one question I did have is, why specifically did you choose to focus on Latin so much? Um, I know you did mention that it wasn't part yeah. of your coursework, but, you know, why, what pushed you to focus on that um, element of... I, I think it was mostly because I wasn't able to take AP Latin my senior year, so Latin was something that was, like, really important to me, and it was something that, like... Uh, there was like a fork in the road, like metaphorically at the beginning of the year, because I had to choose between either continuing science research or taking AP Latin. And I finally decided on science research. Um, so I really wanted to incorporate Latin because of what it meant to me and like what it allowed me to realize, like in the previous years taking it. Um, so I definitely want to kind of mention that because I want to kind of show that there's a different side to me as well, and it's not only science-related. Like, I, I'm not a big person of languages, per se, but I do love the Latin language because it was something where I had a strong foundation because of my teacher, and that's why I ended it off with it, because all the nicknames that I have received in, like, in the previous years, even from my middle school, like, that one stood out to me the most because it was just that, like, friendship that I built with Mr. Owens, yeah, my teacher, and that's why I really wanted to mention it. That's very sweet. Thank you. Definitely. And you wrote this in 30 minutes. Can you describe <laughs> the process of just um, writing it out? So I really, Harvard was like one of those subs where I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like do it because, you know, I feel like a common feeling is that like no one really expects to get into Harvard. And for me, I wanted to really focus on the schools that I really wanted to get into which is funny because I got rejected from most of them so uh, it was it just like um it was a pretty quick process and I think um the best part about it like when I was looking through all the prompts like that one stood out to me the most because I really wanted to kind of take it in a different approach I know like most people might have like approached it the same way as I did um I know that like I, I heard about like this other person who did uh, restrictive early action and they actually like applied um, and they added like a creative like segment to it. Um, so I kind of wanted to do that too. And I feel like it was more true to me and it was kind of a way for me to learn more about Harvard itself. And that's why I kind of just wrote it. And I think the, the one thing that stood out to me about that sub was it felt like me it didn't feel as though it was like filtered and it was it 
almost it sounds exactly how I speak to others. And I can attest she does. Speak yeah, like so this. like <laughs> it's I really like wanted to add those things in. Like for instance, like there there's one line that like it just has no correlation to anything with Harvard and I'm just talking about the weather. I'm like, it's chilly, you should just grab a coat because that's like something that I would say, um, that I would like tell. Um and I just wanna show also like myself, like blueberry muffins, like you know, where else are you going to write about that type of stuff? So, um, that was mostly it. Yeah, so that's why I kind of wrote it really fast. Um, because I was like, I got to move on to other things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it really shows you would be an amazing roommate after reading this. I'd love to <laughs> yeah, I would love to roommate. No, for real. Unfortunately, like, I'm, I was put another yard from these two, so that might not be I were in the same yard, so maybe. I don't. I mean, I don't know if Santa wants to dorm with me. I'm, I'm a little bit of a tornado. Yeah, I'm in the same yard, so I'm like a, a bit far removed from campus, but you know. It's okay. We'll walk. We'll, we'll walk, walk to you. I'll we'll bring that blueberry muffin. We'll do our steps to get to see yeah. Jasmine. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, so usually on the podcast, uh, people read their uh, common app essays. <laughs> Um, and so here we're spicing things up. We're doing supplements this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so can you, uh, is there, did you, did you go through a different process of uh, writing supplement writing than from, um, your main essay, uh, personal essay? Did you see any similarities or did you enjoy one process over the other? Um, I think for me personally, it was the supplemental, like writing was really something else because it's. I found it a bit more difficult than the common app even though there were like questions that we had to specifically answer it was kind of just the way that we had to structure it and I really like this prompt because it, you had a lot of freedom like the long essay is not required so you could just write whatever you want like there's literally a prompt that's like <laughs> it gives you an option doesn't it like you could just write whatever what, you want yeah whatever, whatever you want yeah, for sure so um for that it was kind of just like I feel like it was a great opportunity to kind of expand on my extracurriculars because you do have that 150 character limit. Um, but there were like a lot of, I think like the main issue is that there's just a lot of overthinking that comes into writing supplemental, um, like your answers to the supplemental questions. And I didn't really enjoy that because it was just like, oh, what if this is too basic? You start to question yourself a lot. While with your Common App, you kind of, like, feel, like, secured with it. You're like, okay, like, I really like this. I worked on it for a long time. Like, um, the supplemental questions are kind of those that, like, you're like, oh, I'm going to do it last minute, whatever. And I did do it last minute. That was my one advice. Don't do that. Um, get yeah, early, <laughs> yeah. And that's why I wrote in 30 minutes because I had to catch up on all my other ones. And I applied to 18 schools. So not as bad as some like I know people who apply to still a lot, thirty yeah. yeah but um that's why I really like that prompt and that's why I kept it short and simple I did add a drawing there was a drawing aspect of it but I don't think um it processed through Visa's Common App is through mm -hmm. the Common App thing so it could have been a PDF but I did draw something and it was like a little like drawing of the yeah. no. Um, yeah, that was in the original draft, but that was, that was a one-time writing piece. It got reviewed once and that was it. Mm -hmm. And there were just, like, short comments. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so, Julie, do you want to read your essay? Yes. Okay, should I read the, okay, so, so oh, I'll read the prompt. Um, so, the prompt was... An intellectual experience that has meant the most to you, so... Um, yeah, let me, let me read it then. Okay. 
Pupil power. Perv teacher booted thanks to Queen's Teen Journals. Our op had been, has been published, had been published, and we were on the front page of the New York Post. After months of reading previous research, listening to victim stories, and sleepless nights drafting, I could finally breathe a sigh of relief. While I was incredibly grateful for this opportunity, I struggled with the reality that this problem was cast onto us. Children should not have to second-guess their safety within a space geared towards learning. Junior year, when I was managing editor, I was given the opportunity to attend a Zoom meeting with a girl who had been groomed by a teacher at her school several years ago. I had vaguely known about this ongoing problem, but I was nonetheless heartbroken when it was time to listen to this brave girl's story. For the next few months, I observed my editor's work, still coming to terms with the weight of what we were dealing with. It was not until Sunday, November 7th of my senior year, now serving as one of the editors-in-chief, that we received an anonymous email containing an 11-page investigative report about a teacher who was removed a few years ago for sexual misconduct allegations, but was now back in the building. I instantly realized that this girl's story was not a single occurrence. A teacher who was deemed a threat to the well-being of students was allowed to step foot into our school again, and it was left to student journalists to determine how to break the story. While our questioning led to the teacher's removal this fall, the rest of the student body was still unaware of the situation. Dozens of similar instances are often swept aside and continue occurring because of the lack of transparency between the administration and students. We decided that it was our responsibility as journalists and active members of our school community to offer that clarity for the rest of our peers. Regardless of his removal, there were still people in our school responsible for keeping his presence a secret. Therefore, we took the opportunity with the New York Post. While the choice to publish with the New York Post had its drawbacks given its controversial opinions, we were only further motivated to pursue and share the truth in the face of doubt. We only had about eight hours to write our piece on a day that coincided with the school performance that I was running that I was in. Running from the dressing room to taking pictures for the post to sprinting to our office to finalize this, the piece, November 19th was extremely stressful. Yet, when we finally clicked send, pure satisfaction bloomed on our tired faces. While I greatly appreciated compliments of bravery after the article was published, I knew that my bravery was incomparable to that of the girls who spoke up. That week, a few seniors organized a full-day sit-in to call for answers and better communication from the administration and the UFT. Our article was mentioned several times and dozens of students vocally shared the same ideas we expressed on paper. The ripples of greater impact started right within our school community. Thanks to the far-reaching platform of the New York Post, our article reached hundreds of thousands of readers, such as the people who have the power to make real legislative changes. Many high school newspapers are not student-run and are oftentimes censored, so our article speaks for those publications who do not have a voice of their own. Yet we are still chasing a greater impact from our articles because there is evidently a broken system in place. People need to be held accountable and laws need to be altered. Currently, we're in contact with New York State Senators and initiating the process to change the laws that protect predator teachers from necessary restrictions. Our work here is not finished. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, so now we'll ask you a few questions. Zoo, do you have one start um, <laughs> No, I just want to say I really like this essay. I think that it really kind of encompass what was going on, especially during November. I know you mentioned that you're like really stressed, so <laughs> I feel like, could you expand on that? Because I know it's a really stressful time and it kind of like interceded with a lot of the work or like plans that you had. Um, yeah, so November was, I don't remember much of November um, because in addition to this whole story that we were working on and this was like sort of like the 
the final stretch of the race. Um, I was also working on sing, which was obviously a really big part of my life um, because I was both acting and dancing and sing. So to memorize lines and remember them and to make sure I remember choreography and just finishing stuff like that, it was very stressful. Um, also, as senior class president, I had to organize <laughs> the senior skit for Founders Day, which was we, which was coming back in person after uh, you know two years of not yeah. having um, Founders Day. So it was just and the, even early deadlines, which I didn't apply to Harvard for restrictive early action. I applied regular, but even just my um, early, I was me sending in early applications was stressful because also you have people around you sending in yeah. um, applications early. So it's just a very stressful time in, in general for everybody in November. But just that piled on top of each other was a very stressful. And just, you know, the, the topic that we were dealing with for, with writing this article was very heavy and, you know, a lot, very, a lot to grasp and a lot to handle. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Um, I really like how you structured your essay. I felt like it flowed very well and, you know, went through the entire thought process of you recounting it. The narration is just really, really good. Uh, so how did you decide to talk about this uh, topic in particular? Because it's a very sensitive uh, yeah. conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, so how did you, how, what was your uh, process in choosing what, how to word it and how you wanted to present it uh, to the admissions office. Yeah, so I definitely, when looking at the prompts, this one really stood out to me because um, I knew that I wanted to talk about the classic uh, beyond me just listing it in my activities um, because it's been such a big part of my life. And this story and just the work we've done this year, especially in November, was like, was one of the most gratifying experiences of my of my entire life. So um, initially when I first wrote this, I like sat down and wrote it in one sitting and it was like over a thousand words. Um, it was a lot because um, Jasmine knows how extensive and yeah. you know, a lot of people know how extensive the process was and all the little details. And it was very difficult to, to fit all of that into, I um, cut it down to 650 words, but um, it was very difficult to fit that in. And, if you are not like in my shoes or Jasmine or Ryan's shoes, you don't know the details and the steps that we went through. So I tried my best to sort of take the admissions officer through what we went through and sort of feel the emotions. But I also chose to write about this topic because it is very close to home. You could say this topic um, is very sensitive as a woman in New York City. You know, I've experienced a lot of, you know, like harassment, like on the streets or even just things of the like. So I knew that not just speaking to, you know, my journalistic passion, but also just humanitarianism and stuff like that. Like I, I knew that this topic was very, very important to me um, and very close to my heart. So I wanted to write about it. Uh, so in the process of writing the supplements, uh, did you encounter sort of any difficulty in writing this particularly? And also it's very different than the Common App uh, yeah. itself. Mm -hmm. uh, so how did you hone in on approaching uh, this in particular yeah well the prompt is very broad you could take it anyway like an intellectual experience could have been like an internship that you know you could have done or like some or a research where you could take it a very stem way um i i didn't really know if this counted as an intellectual experience but <laughs> I I, yeah it was, it was it was very intellectual and writing the piece like the supplement itself it was very difficult yeah. from my common app my common app was a little bit more speaking to my, to my cultural uh, identity um while this was more academic and it was very emotional like when i was when i was sitting like this was i wrote this maybe a few weeks after we published because it was that's the first thing it that came to it was very fresh and i hadn't like thought about what we'd written it was happened so quickly so I was just like writing it and I was getting like very emotional I was like oh my god like this is I I reread the 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 investigative report just because I was like I need to get into the mindset that we were in back in November when I wanted when I uh was it going about writing this so mm -hmm. I sat and it was very emotional I sat for like a few hours and I was just like I had to sit for a little bit in silence and be like 
you know, like really kind of grasp the gravity and the magnitude of what the situation was and how to put that into words that also wasn't like going to be concerning for the admissions office. Like I didn't want them to think that I was, I was, I didn't, I wasn't in the right mental state to handle such a story. Um, And yeah, obviously I wanted to make it clear that it was a team effort. It wasn't just me, you know, um, writing this article. And I'm very grateful for you and Ryan as well, because it was, it was definitely a team effort and you guys, your support was very, very important um, during that time. And I don't think I encountered any like difficulty because it was just basically a retelling of me um, show, you know, what had happened. And I wanted to end it with sort of like our future work because I didn't want it to just um, end there because even like in the article we said, you know, we're not going to stop here. We're going to make sure the story keeps going. So I wanted the admissions officer to know that even after we graduate, after we leave um, high school, that there's still going to people be people working on this and that even me, like this is going to be something that's a topic that's very very important to me and fighting for you know justice in these sorts of situations is going to be something I pursue for the rest of my life. I think that like one of the best parts about it is that like you're not really writing it as if it was like it is a recounting but it isn't just like facts on facts it's you're like you said you're really guiding the admissions officer and it really feels as if we're right beside you and it's not just like kind of been just rewritten over and over like this still feels really real and like scary which is like something you don't really want to experience but Mm -hmm. with a topic like this like I feel like you just portrayed it really well thank you and you recounted obviously the every step by step like Eugenia was saying but you also made sure to bring attention to certain other topics this is like a very reflective uh piece and you can really tell that though this is a supplement and that you're writing about an experience that you had yourself you can tell just how um committed and involved you were in um and telling other perspectives of like how you felt about the victims um and also just the surrounding uh, circumstances that were around you and I think that you did that really really thank really you well. yeah well I, I wanted to make sure that like the last thing I wanted for this supplement to be was to be all about me because this mm-hmm. wasn't all about me like this situation was like even the, the the event that actually inspired me to choose this was not even the publishing itself but the sit-in and the, just the impact like the student reaction to our article was what pushed me to be like okay this is something not only that like helped me grow in like as a writer as a journalistic writer but just as like a person to like be able to see this impact so um it was very you know it was the community that Townsend that really did push me to choose this as a topic so everybody that pursued in the sit-in thanks because <laughs> it was y'all that you know really helped me decide that that did, <laughs> that did it so yeah okay great uh so any other concluding questions or no okay awesome thank you so much Julia yeah, Jasmine today will be discussing her Common App essay. Common App essay, oh. the the infamous Common App essay. So yeah, Jasmine, um, do you would you like to start reading the essay for us? We introduce us to the prompt that you chose, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I chose prompt number uh, one, uh, which asks: Some students have a background, identity, interest, or talent that is so meaningful they believe their application would be incomplete without it. If this sounds like you, then please share your story. So I called, I titled it coffee stains because I did not know what else to call it. Okay. The heat radiating from the porcelain cup is nearly unbearable. My throbbing palms tightly wrap around the upside down mug, the coffee dregs running down to the rim. The occasional stray droplet succumbs to gravity's pull, coming to an effervescent sizzle as it hits the electric stove with a hiss. 
Ya casi esta abuela, I call out to my grandmother, who is muttering under her breath how she'll be doomed to eternal damnation for agreeing to read my coffee cup, a ritual she condemns as wicked sorcery. Al señor no le gustan estas cosas, she says, wagging her finger with deep-seated Catholic guilt as I hand her my mug. Nevertheless, slowly rotating the cup, she scanned for any discernible blot, an indicator of my future, attempting to extrapolate meaning from meaningless clusters of coffee stains. Visit any Dominican household and you're guaranteed to be offered a cafecito. Refusing one is an unpatriotic act of the highest discourtesy. Caramel frappuccinos being the only caffeinated drink I can tolerate, which frankly are more milkshake than coffee, I must reluctantly accept all cafecitos that come my way or risk transgressing this tacit cultural law, a dereliction of national duty. Yet on placid Saturday afternoons, I pull out the Greca out of my own volition, a cheap old school coffee making contraption made of silver plated metal, ubiquitous in Dominican cupboards. On these days, I willingly endure the bitterness of the coffee, ill disguised by the heaps of sugar added in its preparation. Here I was, the raw hound, science writer, coffee hater, compelled to set aside that world and embrace what I may have otherwise called hocus pocus for these moments with my grandmother, seeking out her rosy divinations. Eat, I brought her, whose silent contemplation was now fraying at my patience. Your cup is relatively clean, must be because you're so young, she remarks. Squinting, she points to where a long streak of coffee diverges into a two-forked road. She notes each path, regardless of its direction, is a straight line and says, your essence is split into two, but they coexist harmoniously. <laughs> However vague, my grandmother's coffee readings offer an alternative lens, a refreshing respite from the randomness that underlies everyday life, as though they were misplaced puzzle pieces that had been found under the rug or sandwiched between the couch cushions. I relish when her words finally snapped into their place, granting me a sense of clarity. Inspired by my grandmother's psychic stunts, I was caught in a strange twilight zone between the mystic and the scientific. Mysticism spurred my questioning and curiosity, while science functioned as a systematic framework grounded in verifiable theories and empirical methods to navigate these desires. Instilled within me was an insatiable thirst to understand the unique blend of perspectives both had to offer. Our Saturday afternoon pastimes provoked the same visceral sensations as when gazing through a telescope at a splendor of starry jeweled nights in the constellations of ancient myth and legend, both fulfilling a hope for answers. While measuring impact craters for my science research projects, I explored the chaotic array of impact scars caused by random collisions, not unlike the scattered assortment of coffee smudges in my cup. I was able to clean patterns and, re and reach significant conclusions about planetary geological processes, all the while guided by my fundamental coffee reading impulse to make sense of the enigmatic. Through my school newspaper, I became the coffee reader by virtue of scrupulous journalism, coffee stains manifesting themselves as stories and facts. At the edge of my seat, I await my grandmother's further insights. Gimas, I ask. With a shrug of the shoulders, there's only so much inscribed in the remains of coffee cup. You'll just have to fill in the gaps yourself, senorita, she says. The clink of the porcelain as a cup strikes the saucer, adding a finality to her words as she sets the mug down. <laughs> that was amazing. Y'all, when I said I got chills, like, you can't see, but my oh, legs are go in goosebumps right now. Yeah, I, is I literally cute. read that, like, last night, and I was just, like... I was I, taking it back. I was, I was literally gasping at some points. So I was, like, so good. This is so, it was, like, progressively, it just got better. And so, like, yeah. it was just amazing. Just the, the language, the diction, just, like the slight little metaphors that you put in there like um i think you mentioned like in one of the lines like your thirst for something and i'm like oh my goodness yeah. that's like amazing. i didn't even re consciously register that until yeah. you just mentioned it, it so. <laughs> but it was so good just like Thank the you. way that you were able to portray everything and it really felt as though like 
we were there with you. I know mm-hmm. I said that, like, last time, but, like, it really was you the way you structured it was phenomenal it just flowed it wasn't like mm-hmm. you're jumping like from one thing to the other and the way that you're able to like kind of um incorporate science research into it as mm-hmm. well because i know that was a very important thing um for you it was just like amazing like one of the questions is like why did you decide to kind of add in those like conversations with your grandma and like um just a follow-up after that is like how did you come to this like topic of discussion like what were some of like the ones that you wrote but some of your common apps that you wrote before uh definitely so in trying to write uh the common app i went through a lot of different <laughs> ideas however i left it till the last minute <laughs> just like um, me yeah just like all of us <laughs> i remember it was i had just finished some work for ap macro and it was maybe 12 a.m and then i checked the common app dashboard and I saw that there was the uh, clock, red clock thing. Oh my right? gosh! <laughs> and I was like... The dreaded red clock symbol, oh god. Exactly. Wait, when was that then? Two weeks before the deadline. Because <laughs> oh, I was doing early that? action. I was doing early action. I didn't do early action to um, Harvard, uh, but... But you did to Yale, and you got in. Yeah. No, but... Um, bula bula. Bula bula. Um, but, yeah, so I saw it, and... I feel like I'm a night owl and I feel like I function best at that moment because I feel there's like you're ensconced by the quiet and of of the room and the darkness was like very I don't know it was very inspirational (laughs) for me and um I sat down I was on my bed because I was like falling asleep but I sat on my bed and then I thought that that was when I could release as much of like what I wanted to portray of myself as possible. I felt like that was a moment I could be vulnerable. And um, I thought, I looked through all of the different prompts and um, I thought which one could better suit my interests. And I decided on the background identity and interest mm-hmm. because I have a really good relationship with my grandmother. Um, we, I, we spent a lot of our time together. I spent a lot of time with her growing up um, and she's just been such a, a formative figure for me. Um, and I really, really love her. I adore her. Um, she always has these, uh, Dominican quips on her back, you know, she's always saying like these cute little, uh, little sayings that I, I just cherish a lot. And I knew that I wanted to, um, emphasize my relationship with uh, someone I hold dear to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought my grandmother, um, was the best person to do that. And she's also very devoutly Catholic. Uh, she's, that's a big thing. Um, yeah. So she actually gifted me this necklace. I don't have it on me right now. I usually wear it, but I didn't wear it today. I probably should have, um, but I am wearing a cross, so you know, staying on theme. Um, so it's the it's um, it's the um, it's this symbol of when the Virgin Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I, when I'm thinking, I usually clutch that pendant. Yeah. Um, and I was clutching it while I was looking at my computer because it's just like in, it's an impulsive thing for me. Um, and then I just decided that I really wanted to focus in on my grandmother. Yeah. Um, and then I just started writing and it, it just um, came through um, naturally. I, I, I thought about all the things that she does um, and all the, her little quirks. Um, and I just remembered like one of the funnest uh, pastimes that I have with her is those coffee readings because uh, she hates doing it. It takes so much persuading. Um, but yeah, it's just like one of those moments that I really value and look forward to with, with her that I share with her. It's like, it's so beautiful because like um, I have a very close relationship with my grandma too. So just reading this was just very, very sentimental for me. And I like that, that, like, you clearly, even just now, mm-hmm. describing your relationship with your grandma, you can tell there is a lot of genuine love there. It's not like a love that is inflated for the for a common app essay. 
um, which is so clear in your in your essay that it's and the best part about your it was fantastic, but it was so beautiful how it seemed like such a short moment in time, but at the same time you took us through so many parts of your life that had taken yeah. a lot more time. Like you crafted it so beautifully where I was sitting at the table with you looking at this cup, but then the way you were taking us through your science research project, I know it took you a lot of time, a lot of hours. The journalism, which has been a process of a few years starting in the classic and leading up to this year. Um, so it was just, it was so beautiful how, like Susanna said, the way you made it flow, you skipped around like the, um, the perfect yeah. like amount and like you like zoomed out the perfect amount. It was, it was gorgeous. Um, I just had a quick question. Um, so you did, you did include, um, a lot of like, you did talk about, you know, your extracurriculars. Mm -hmm. What made you choose specifically? I saw like, I saw the connect, the connection that really stood out to me was when you, compared the coffee streaks and the coffee stains to the craters um, on the in your in your research so what made you sort of or when did you come to that realization with that connection or how did you go about you know describing that yeah so um, I knew that I wanted to well the first thing I identified was the coffee um, so I knew that I wanted to talk about coffee because I felt like that was really at the nucleus of my essay um, because it was I was able to wrap in so many different elements that I thought spoke to me the best. Um, and so after um, writing it through, I, it was just a matter of trying to link it through as cohesively as possible. Um, and so when I had identified that, oh, coffee smudges, I thought directly towards craters because I've been staring at craters for the longest time. I've, I've measured hundreds and hundreds of craters um, the past few years. And I just thought that's perfect imagery. Um, and it's also a big... Uh, thing in my essay as well is this stark divide between um, the scientific facet of myself and the mystic aspect of myself. So I thought that that having the mysticism be grounded with the coffee smudges and the coffee stains and have the science rooted with the craters, which are resemble the coffee stains visually, I thought that really helped hone in on the parallel that I was trying to craft. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's very beautiful. It's um, yeah, I feel like the best part of that is that there's just so much irony to it since you don't like <laughs> coffee. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah, I mean... I can attest she got a caramel frappuccino yesterday. <laughs> um, and she was, it was great. So I can attest that that, that is all the coffee she drinks. It's not a lie, folks. Yes, yes. Yeah. My caramel frappuccinos are my go-to for a while. <laughs> it was like caramel macchiatos, but then I, I discovered that uh, frappuccinos exist and I like them much better. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I do not like coffee. I've never gotten into it except like maybe the one coffee like my great aunt Brigida. <laughs> she has the cutest china like the uh, cutest uh, dishware um, and she pulls it out every time we visit like I guess mentioned in my essay it's like a staple of Dominican hospitality that when you have guests you greet them with coffee yeah. um, and that's the only black coffee that I can tolerate like that's the only black coffee that I like but other than that if it's not my great aunt Brigida's coffee I will just stick with caramel frappuccinos. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like another. That's like the the element that made me love your essay so much was, um, a lot of times people when they choose the culture thing, they're where it's like they talk about um pride, like their their love for their culture, which is fantastic as well. But the element that really made yours like stand out to me and was really unique was that 
this is something about your culture that you don't like technically you know yeah. it doesn't you don't you don't like coffee and this like <laughs> you said a staple of Dominican hospitality is something that but the way you turned it into like not necessarily like the the actual coffee but the experience that comes from the coffee like the readings that your grandma does that's what was like made your essay so beautiful and that was the connection to your culture that I saw when I like you know when you said when you read your essay so I think it was very it was a very beautiful take on the prompt thank you yeah thank you whilst kind of like working through your essay I know you had a lot of drafts before were there aspects of this final essay that you kind of um utilized your old drafts like parts of it or no so (laughs) thinking back on my drafting process it's kind of chaotic so my first uh draft well draft that I did was because of an AP English literature assignment in June (laughs) and I'm sorry uh, Mr. Morello if you're listening (laughs) to this but I may or may not have uh, used part of an aerobics autobiography assignment for that (laughs) Um, so I had written an essay for an aerobics autobiography thing Mm -hmm. and I was I started it off by um framing myself as a collector. So when I first came to the U.S., I was fascinated by snow. I came from a place of palm trees Mm -hmm. and heat, you know, the Caribbean sun. And when I first, I came January 31st of 2009, that was a snowstorm, (laughs) a huge (laughs) snowstorm. We couldn't land on the plane. And so the first, I exit JFK, and the first thing I'm greeting with is like swirls of snow. And so I was like, that's a very, I feel like that was my introduction to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I love snow a lot. And when I was at that age, I would collect snow, I would I would hoard it, and I would put it in my freezer, right? <laughs> and then I would just, like, have it there so I could play with it later, yeah. but then I would take it out, and it would be hardened to chunks of ice. Um, and so I was going to, w- I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to talk about, like, persistence and, like, under- <laughs> even though things are temporary, you know, yeah. you got persistence. I don't even know what I was going with that. So that was my first uh, draft um, idea, um, but then I was like, I submitted that because it was late, and I'm, yeah. a, I'm an awful procrastinator. I, like, handed that in late, and I didn't really like that um, essay, so I thought, I'm just going to work it during the summer. Mm-hmm. Come the summer, I do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I did, it was still on my mind. I, I don't recommend, you know, not thinking about college. You should think about college during the summer as quickly as possible. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I Your did not. listen up. Yes, <laughs> I, I did not do that, though. Like, I, I, I feel like that was my mistake, because I feel like I just had writer's block. I just couldn't bring myself to write it, and it just, like, wasn't the right time, like, for me. I can't bring myself to do something unless I feel like I'm ready to do it. You know, like a pressure of a deadline, that's for me. I feel like I had, like, the same experience because there was a lot of points where I had to write it, and because you had to, um, like, weeks, months before, like, you really don't want to, and I experienced that writer's walk. I remember entire week I was sitting in my bed, like, just staring at a blank Mm -hmm. document because it's, like, it really is, um, I feel like, to some extent, the freedom that you have is almost like oppressing because you have yes. no clue where, where to, to take start, your yeah. essay mm-hmm. or where to start it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I did feel that as well. So like when I finally was able to identify what I wanted to do was like stream of consciousness. I was yeah. just like going, going, yeah. going. I don't recommend it though. You know, you should, you should, you should get, put yourself on a schedule. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question of like, did I have like those sorts mm-hmm. of elements in place of like previous uh, things? I actually didn't change that much from the first time I wrote it. Um, I, I did show it to some other people and they give me feedback. There was, um, the, when I start talking about like when my grandmother saw like the two paths diverge in the yeah. coffee stains, that wasn't how it was originally. It was originally going to be like a threefold thing and like three <laughs> disparate interests, but I didn't, I don't know where that metaphor was going. 
um, so I changed it, but I relatively kept it uh, mostly the same. Uh, it was just always like this. Afterwards, it's just like honing in on word choice and making sure that there was a balance throughout because one of the things was like, when do I get to my extracurriculars? Should I get to it earlier? Um, so the pacing um, was what was mainly difficult for me, yeah. but I think that the main elements were just always there. I just had to arrange them yeah. um, correctly to something that I felt could be as flowy as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, any, any questions? No, that's it. All right, well, since I was saying, I was thinking, since this is the last part of the Harvard panel series, <laughs> yes. uh, we can maybe provide some closing thoughts, comments, some advice for our future juniors, <laughs> underclassmen listening to our lovely podcast. Um, so if, Jasmine, since you are the star of today's episode, <laughs> would you like to start off with any final thoughts, any advice for our listeners out there? Uh, definitely. Um, I think that putting aside the fact that I procrastinated, I feel like I had so much fun writing this. I feel like writing supplements and uh, writing these essays, they can be very enjoyable and uh, there's a lot that you can put down there and you have so much creative liberty and you should make use of that. The process can be very intimidating um, and daunting considering just like the heft and magnitude of what you're embarking on. Um, but honestly, just have a lot of fun with it. Don't, don't overstress too much. I know it's easy to fall into that trap, uh, but honestly, just yeah, just be as creative as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I definitely, I second everything that Jasmine said. And I think um, I, I, although I didn't share my Common Up essay, I also kind of went about it the similar way Jasmine did where I was, uh, you know, I had all this time. I waited way too long to start on my Common Up and my supplement. So please, please, I know it's easy to think, oh, I have so many months left, like Susanna said, yeah. but even just an idea on like your notes app in your phone or just like some bullet points of like an idea that comes to you in like the shower or something, write it down because you never know what could actually bloom into what becomes your common app essay. That's how what happened for me at least. Um, and so just also some advice I have like listening to this podcast and listening to maybe any other seniors that have been sharing their essays, whether it be common app supplements or whatever with you, please don't try to like compare yourself or your own experiences to these essays because ultimately at the end of the day the colleges are not looking for any replicas of, of these essays or of any others that you've heard they are looking for you um so anything that you write you might be thinking listening to th these essays or anything else being like maybe th my my story isn't as impressive or i won't be able to word it as well i promise you if it is genuine if it is yours it will be your best and the column and the college admissions officer will see that they will see right through any fake any like embellished crazy oh, that's another thing that i wanted to mention about jasmine even though jasmine had fantastic vocabulary some vocabulary i didn't i had to google because but it wasn't forced it wasn't like she was using a thesaurus on every other word trying to find the most impressive sounding word it flowed so freely and that's why and because jasmine is a very smart individual it flowed and it showed her true intelligence and the way that she articulates herself even speaking to other people so i promise that if you if you stay true to yourself and you write what is important to you that will be way more impressive and will mean more to the uh, admissions officer than any embellished or crazy sounding essay that you may you may think be, um you know is similar to these that you've heard um or think that may be the most impressive so that's my biggest advice and also just start early like please <laughs> please save yourself the stress in the in the first semester of senior year of you know trying to rush and do this because it's going to come faster than you think i that's true senior year has flown by so quickly and the summer before senior year flies by even faster so 
I promise you, if you get started early, you will thank your future self, just as how we are almost cursing our past selves for not starting earlier. Um, although it did work out for the three of us. Um, yeah. We are going off to a fantastic school. Um, I have my biggest piece of advice is please start early. <sighs> and remember to not fall into that sort of imposter syndrome where you think you need to be somebody that you're not because I promise you yourself is going to be the best and most impressive to any college yeah building off of that I I think that like one of the big parts about the college process is that there really isn't like a golden answer as to you know what you need for college (laughs) you like everyone has their own little things and just as Julia said um be yourself because everyone can see right through it. I think like if you're reading your common app or anything and you think that it sounds fake, then others will catch on to that. And, um, you know, you don't have to fit this perfect image because Mm -hmm. you might have everything. You might think that you're set. And in reality, that's not what a college is looking for. And it, I think that I'm not going to lie and say it like it was an easy process. I think it was very difficult. Like you're going to experience a lot of stress. You're going to experience a lot of self-doubt, but that really is what the process is going to be like. And you shouldn't let that kind of stop you from applying anywhere you want. Or, you know, you might think you're not qualified. I in no way, shape or form expected to go to Harvard. (laughs) Not a bad way, but like, it really is kind of something that takes you for a shock. Like, it isn't something that, you know, you don't have a definite spot anywhere. And that's not a bad thing. It's, I remember I was in the car with my dad, and I was like, I would love to go to Brown. And he told me, you're going to go wherever you get accepted. And <laughs> in that moment, I was like, why are you crushing all my dreams? <laughs> I've been a hater. And, yeah, why are you a hater? Like, you're supposed to support me, but... Um, I think it really was a wake-up call to, and it made me realize that, you know, you're not going to get things that you do want. Like, you keep working and don't force anything out because, um, you know, you're going to experience, like, these bumps in the road. But if you let them stop you, then you're really not kind of, you're not fulfilling what you desire. And you can't, your worst enemy is going to be yourself. And I think that you... Try to surround yourself with people that are supportive and who don't want to take you take you down because I think like especially like within towns in itself there's a lot of toxic mentality that if you go to this place you're not doing great or you know you're not smart enough but every college is perfect in their own specific way you know they might have more opportunities for you and that's fine and I think like a college shouldn't define you. Wherever you get into it really shouldn't define you because it's you who's working through everything. Just because you made it into one place doesn't mean that you're set for life. Like, you know, you might think so, but you also have to keep working because that can be easily taken away from you. Um, So I really think that you should just, you know, be proud of your accomplishments and like, you're gonna get rejections. You know, some people didn't, some people got waitlist. And I'm not going to say that, like, a waitlist doesn't hurt as bad as a rejection because it really does. You're mm-hmm. in this, like, weird state where you don't know whether or not you're getting in or not. But I, I really think that, like, in the end, everyone says it. Like, it is going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that people shouldn't, like, bring each other down for, like, colleges that they get into. And, like, you'll you'll hear people bringing you down, like, questioning why you got in and why you didn't. But you have to remember that 
you're there for a reason like there's a reason that you got in and it's like it really isn't that bad I think like the issue with Townsend is that like we all think that like for instance like a lot of like colleges that are are deemed as safeties are like not as phenomenal but if you look at other like high schools like getting into those colleges is such a big deal and you know you're gonna be successful in life you know it's that work ethic but going back to the college process just in it's like a raw form like it is difficult and if you do procrastinate that's fine I procrastinated it was horrible it was a living (laughs) hell and it's I wouldn't wish it upon anyone else but you know you're all different for a reason like you just because someone engaged in this doesn't mean you have to do that you don't need all these leadership positions you don't need a perfect SAT score showing who you are is what they really want to see because if you're not then you know why would they take you that's that's not who you are (laughs) you wouldn't fit into that community so yeah that, that's my that's, that's my that, entire that thing. Sense. That's that's my little TED talk. Um, just believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's very easy to just try to uh, break yourself down into uh, very specific molds, um, especially when you have to render yourself in about like what six hundred fifty words yeah, or sometimes sure. one hundred fifty words. Like for instance, Yale subs. Like they ask you what inspires you. You <laughs> have like two hundred characters yeah, to no, do it's that. Yeah, no, Yale subs are good luck to people who are applying to Yale. <laughs> yeah. So and then you have and it's very difficult to just try to get a sense of yourself and put it onto paper, especially to some random admissions officer with an it's a, a process that's ultimately has a lot of arbitrary uh, elements to it um and so don't be don't be unmotivated by that just you know especially um when you're considering yourself in the scope of like all the people who are applying in the applicant pool it's very tempting to just compare yourself like Susanna was saying yeah and look go don't go on linkedin please don't oh, go please on linkedin don't. <laughs> or Naviance. Or Naviance. Don't go yeah. on Naviance and check, like, the, the scatter. Don't, oh, don't do that. The scatter plot. Don't do that. You know, just stay true to yourself. I almost fell victim to that. I was, like, <laughs> I, I was obsessively looking over, like, I'm not going to get it. I did not submit an SAT score or AP scores. I went completely test optional, and I was scared out of my mind. Um, and so, in, like, I, you know, everyone has different experiences. Everyone has different things to put on the table. While some people might be um, great at one particular thing, maybe some people are lacking so you can't really compare yourself um to others um and i feel like that will just lead you down a rabbit hole that's just ultimately self-destructive and will do you no favors um so just stay genuine to who you are um and i think this is like basically what we wanted to highlight throughout the entirety of the admitted series yeah um just like everyone's different experiences Mm -hmm. everyone's different essays everyone that has come on the show i've had the pleasure of of listening to so many different essays (laughs) each of them are exactly just equally phenomenal and you learn so much about a person especially like we also did writing center and i got the chance to read people's essays and give them this was before the deadlines i was yeah i was one of the tutors as well it's fantastic yeah you learn so much about a person just by reading their essays and you know that's really what you should focus on on trying to put the best part of yourself forward and being uh, true to who you are um and i think that's i think that's what you should take away from the all the ugliness of the college (laughs) process just cling on to those uh those beacons of of happiness and you know i think that you should just the the main point is that you should be proud of the work that you're submitting because even if you get rejected you know that you put in your full effort you you did everything right there's there's no wrong to the college process there's 
no one essay is better than the other like they're all unique in their own ways and I think that especially like with <laughs> this year as each year becomes more competitive these rejections aren't just like it's not that the college is like saying you're unqualified it's just not the person that they're looking for you could have i'm telling you like there's so many people that have everything and the college just doesn't need that like there's a certain pool that they need they need more people interested in stem more people interested in humanities and you know they might have over accepted too many stem people so now they're only looking towards humanities kids and that's like there really isn't anything like you shouldn't really like put yourself down because you got rejected yeah. and that was like the big thing for me like every time i got waitlisted or rejected it was just tears because it was like all those hours spent to waste mm -hmm. but i just i know that i put in the best that i could have and even if i had more time i couldn't have written anything better because mm -hmm. i was satisfied with the end product and you should be too so that's why i think why we emphasize starting earlier because it's not only the stress but just being comfortable with where you're at and your position and you know by starting earlier that doesn't mean you should rush through all your subs like For you sure. should definitely like divide your time put in that time and just you know dedicate how much you need for a specific college until you get to the point where you're like this is this is it like this is perfect and like the more people you that read through it you're always going to receive some sort of criticism there's always going to be one thing that someone doesn't like or whatever but it's your final decision it's not them who's applying to college right. it's you it's what you're submitting so just remember especially when you're reviewing and you're editing just remember not to take your voice away from your essays mm -hmm. because then you're losing yourself entirely and it's just someone else um yeah just kind of wrap up like I, it's also you have to realize that this process is very vulnerable like you have the while writing your essays like you will be asked so many different questions about like you'll be you know you'll be asked to think about things that you haven't even considered yourself like yeah one of the Yale subs I remember is like what class would you teach if you if you you know like uh, some of you maybe haven't even like what aren't even like wouldn't even consider like being a teacher let alone teach at like Yale you know like some crazy university so I think realizing also that this process, you shouldn't pressure yourself to find this like golden story, like Susanna said, because there, if you do that, you're going to find yourself like grasping for things that don't, that aren't true, that aren't true basically, or, or aren't true to you. So um, yeah, just kind of, Susanna wrapped it up perfectly. <laughs> um, just remember that, you know, this process, everybody goes through it, everybody gets through it and always ends up going to a college that they will eventually fit because this college didn't take you for just anything, you know? And just to add on also, ultimately, once you press that submit button, once you see those little confetti, 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 confetti. the dreaded confetti that would become, you would, you will be sick of, honestly, by the time yeah. you can, you submit to your last college, your admission is out of your hands. Yeah. So once, what was really comforting for me was after I submitted my last application and I just knew that I had it's done everything, especially even after interviews, because once interviews come around, 
that's also a, a bit of a stressful a bit of a stressful time but once you have the written portion is done you know that you have done everything up until that point to send in what you believe is best and at that point you should just stop stressing about your written stuff don't review your like i when i tell you i didn't open my google docs um like my google doc with my yeah, supplements no, and my comment until jasmine asked me <laughs> for this for the admitted podcast like i didn't because i knew that whatever i had written or i had submitted was 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 my best you know i didn't want to overthink it because you could you could have when you read back you're like oh i could have changed that added yeah, that don't see that and don't do that. It's out of your hands at this point. You, the college will know whether you are the right fit for them. And even if you do get rejected from your dream school, I know a lot of people at Townsend have come into the college process with a dream school. Um, I don't know if you guys did, but I, I certainly didn't. I didn't have a school that I was, like, set on. Um, and it, it's, it can hurt if you do have a dream school because a lot of students do have that. And if you get rejected for your dream, from your dream school, it hurts a lot. But I think that you should remember that Ultimately, where you end up, it's what you make of that institution, what you yeah. make of that school that make, will make your experience worth it and will get you far in life. Because we are all Townsend students. We have a fantastic work ethic. We're here for a reason. We succeed here for a reason. And we will succeed in the future because of that work ethic, like Susanna previously mentioned. Um, so yeah, any any other thoughts? We've rambled on for quite a bit. Yeah, Sorry. I think this has to be uh, a very, the most insightful episode of Admitted for... That we've had in a, in a while. Yeah, well, you can't yeah. ask three yeah. three Harvard incoming <laughs> students to not talk for a long time because yes, we've we've offered a lot of information. It's um, prob- it's probably very overwhelming. Yes, that's another thing. You can get overwhelmed by a lot of advice from seniors. I know I did as a junior, listening to all the seniors be like, "Do this, do this, do that." Take it slow. You have the time to take it slow for now, but just remember, pace yourself. Yeah. Take it everything with a grain of yeah. salt. And ultimately, you know what's best for you and your schedule and your situation. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Jasmine, would you like to wrap up your, <laughs> yeah. your podcast? I'm handing the reins back over to you. Thank you for being such a wonderful host. Oh, my gosh, you guys are naturals at this. I love this. Uh, so, okay. Thank you so much to all our listeners tuning in. Uh, this concludes today's special segment, Harvard segment, Roll Crim. Roll Crim! Roll Crim! Roll Crim! I'm done with my tea, guys. Amazing. I need more. Uh, wait, do we have the Harvard mug? We yes, do. Yeah. With the oh, half, half, half and half. half. half, 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 half. Mr. Sweeney's yeah. half and half. Mr. Sweeney's half and half. Our wonderful yes. Harvard okay. sweaters. Yes. yes. And yes, just to yes. be a little sentimental, I cannot wait to spend the next four years, four years. with these people. And Elsa. Yes. And Elsa, Elsa, who will be joining uh, we'll us. We'll draw her in. We'll draw her in. We'll draw her in. We'll yeah. her in. Devin, Devin, for the lovely Elsa. Elsa Orlinen. Yes. Um, but yes, thank you for We're listening. Done. Yeah, yes, you can you. find previous and future episodes of Admitted on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our YouTube channel, The Classic TV. You can also connect with The Classic on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, <laughs> and Twitter. And Twitter. Uh, and also find our website on teachersclassic.com. Thank you for everything. And was it's been a yes, pleasure, everyone. It's been a pleasure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Thank-